get my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive, six, seven, eight, feeling great. OBYWG Tribe, here is a quick peek at our supplement product and book of the month for February 2020. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few minutes going into further detail, so we encourage you to listen to the end. The supplement of the month for February 2020 is vitamin D3 Boost. This is our newest advanced formulation, combining all the benefits of vitamin D3, vitamin K2, magnesium, and MCT oil. The 10% discount code for the entire month is, and it's all lowercase, VITD10. The product of the month for February is Juve, red light therapy devices. I personally own the Juve Mini and Juve Go and use them both daily. The book of the month for February is Cancer and the New Biology of Water by Dr. Tom Cowan. Hands down, my personal favorite book of 2019. Keep in mind, all the links, discount codes, and special offers for the product, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes on iTunes, post on social media, in our weekly newsletter, and on our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com at the Listen Now tab. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. My name is Dr. Noah DeCoyer, and I am your co-host. Today, our guest is Dr. Joel Kahn, who happens to be a return guest. You can listen to Dr. Kahn's first interview on the Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast YouTube channel. Good to talk to you today, Dr. Kahn. How are you? Well, I'm absolutely beyond my wildest dreams, excited to be back. <laughs> so I'm going to run through your bio, and then we'll get started, okay? Perfect. All right, so Dr. Khan is founder of the Khan Center for Cardiac Longevity and professor at Wayne State University. He is a summa cum laude graduate of the University of Michigan School of Medicine and was awarded a Cranes Business Healthcare Hero last year. He has published over 100 research papers and hundreds of internet health articles. He has authored five books, all number one bestsellers. His first book became a national PBS special. He has appeared on The Doctor Show, Dr. Phil, and Fox News. He owns two restaurants in Detroit called Green Space Cafe. And I was looking at the menu this, this morning and my mouth was ordering with his family. Uh, his, he specializes in heart disease reversal and he can be found at www.drjoelkahn.com. How's that sound? Uh, you talk to my mother, I'm touched. <laughs> All righty. So for those of you who are interested in a lot of the background of who Dr. Joel Kahn is, please go back and listen to our first interview because we want to dive into more of a specific topic today. And um, so let me start with this first question, Dr. Kahn. You know, we've established that for the past 40 years, you've been interested in a whole food, plant-based diet. But that hasn't been fully enough. So why the interest in fasting? Well, you know, number one, a couple of topics. There is probably legitimate controversy. What is the optimal diet for humankind to power us to longevity, good health, uh, freedom from disease, freedom from the need for medication and such? Um, and, and it's, you know, as you know, it can be an ugly conversation. Sometimes people dig in. And, and such. So one is always looking for that way to enhance. And I've chosen a path, and I have chosen both my personal life and my practice of cardiology, I believe, as science-based as I can make it, and that's tending towards a plant diet. But you, know, you have equally vocal uh, candidates out there suggesting it be paleo or ketogenic, and all these are titles. You have to be very specific with them. 
means. Number two, um, even a, even a really well constructed plant based diet, and I'm going to upset some people. It doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't mean they don't do well in it, but they may not be reaching all their health goals. They may not be at that weight they really want to be. They may not have that blood sugar they really want. They may not have had reversal of high blood pressure or cholesterol or inflammation markers that either they or their doctor really wanted. It's, I think, an incredible choice to eat whole food, plant-based, organic as possible. But um, there are so many other influences, activity, stress, sleep, environmental toxins, environmental toxins, environmental toxins, which are everywhere, that uh, there are overweight plant eaters that are you take their history and they're really doing it right. And they just, you know, they're just not breaking through. Of course, we've got to search for thyroid disease and adrenal fatigue and, you know, other situations, you know, sleep apnea and such, uh, hidden infections. But so anyways, there's that need. There is truly a need for more tools. And it turns out that there's this very long case that called Fasting, the physician inside of us that every one of us can use as a guide to achieve better health. And that field has probably been about as hot a topic in enhancing health as there have been in the last 12 months, although the history really goes back much longer and even thousands of years. So uh, I am now you know, using fasting in my cardiology clinic to enhance all the other things I've been doing from nutrition to stress to sleep to uh, early detection to proper nutrients and supplementation. And it works. It helps some people break through a wall they couldn't figure out how to break through, including me. Well, I, I want to get back to that topic. But I, I, I had this question in my back pocket, and you kind of brought it up right off the bat. And this was, this was, uh, this is a question I had, and maybe you could just uh, give some clarification. We've had you, a, a world-class cardiologist on the podcast, We've had Dr. Jack Wolfson on the podcast. We've had Dr. Stephen Masley on the podcast, all incredible cardiologists. What, in your perspective, is the things that you all have in common? Yeah, clean, 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 clean. I mean, I know those two physicians very well. I have great respect for them. I've had meals with them. I've been in Dr. Wolfson's house, know his family, and... uh, and similarly for Dr. Masley, um, you know, nobody's eating out of vending machines, fast food, gas stations, processed food, Dunkin' Donuts, Horton, Tim Hortons, you know, places where the bulk of America is getting maybe half or more of their calories. We all agree if we could like pull a switch and shut all those places down and replace them with farmers markets uh, and, you know, as organic as possible, we would see a radical change in the health of the Western world. So we agree with all that. None of us are drinking soda pop. None of us are, you know, uh, drinking uh, Minute Maid lemonade with 23 teaspoons of sugar uh, to celebrate Breast Cancer Prevention Month and such. I mean, there really is a lot of agreement. You know, eat close to the ground, unprocessed, locally sourced, um, you know, and uh, drinking mainly water, tea, blah without uh, sugar-sweetened beverages. Now, my plate may not have any animal products. Their plate may have, you know, a quarter, a third of grass-fed farm, you know, farm-raised, all the, all the good words. Um, largely, I mean, Dr. Wilson's case, entirely organic. Um, and, you know, we may disagree a bit on that, 
We don't have the perfect study that says he's wrong, I'm right, I'm right, they're wrong. In the world of environmental issues and deforestation and ozone and greenhouse gas, in the world of animal cruelty, I mean, they're kind people. They don't like CAFOs. I don't like CAFOs. They think there's ethically raised meat. I have, you know, other concerns. But there really is a lot of agreement. And they help patients and I help patients because clean diets will help patients when the current status of the diet. But I would imagine, even in Dr. Wilson's clinic as the paleocardiologist, even in Dr. Stephen Masley's clinic in Florida and what he does, if we went to a ketogenic clinic, there are people that don't respond. There are people that aren't hitting goals. There is certainly no program that's 100% effective to get people in optimal health, uh, whether just to protect their health or to actually reverse diseases. And we need more tools. And that's where, you know, in general, fasting has been um, quite a uh, applicable tool and specifically a rather novel approach called fasting mimicking diet get the benefits of fasting while you eat. Wouldn't that be amazing? And there is such a scientific program, probably the most scientific fasting program right now is actually not fasting. It's a, it's a sleight of hand that has uh, more scientific support than probably any other. Yeah, so let's let's get right into it. You know, I, I read the Longevity Diet book by uh, Dr. Longo, really enjoyed it. My, my dentist actually, uh, turned me on to it, really liked it, told me he went through the fast, the Prolon diet. Uh, and that's when I reached out to Prolon and then, you know, that's how we re re reconnected. But when you personally tried the fasting mimicking diet, what happened? Yeah. So just very briefly, I had known of Dr. Longo and if just in case anybody doesn't know, him, I'm not his PR agent, but I've had the pleasure of meeting him. Uh, you know, he was born in Genoa, Italy, lived about 18, 19 years of his life between northern and southern Italy, became quite an accomplished jazz guitarist, rock guitarist, moved to just outside of Dallas, Texas at age 19 to continue his studies in North Texas State University as a guitarist. And I'm not sure exactly how, but about age 20, he ditched the guitar as a profession, he still plays, to actually adopt a scientific career focusing on aging. And he went over to UCLA and uh, worked with some of the world experts, uh, a guy named uh, Wolford, who was involved in fasting in the biosphere outside of Tucson, where for two years, scientists locked themselves up to be in a self-sustained community, got you know really deep scientific exposure to fasting, longevity, calorie restriction, and then moved over to University of Southern California, also in LA, where he still has a large academic institution, the Biogerontology Institute. Institute. And he spends about half a year in Italy and around Europe. Huge NIH grants. In fact, just in the last week, got a new $10 million grant from the National Institutes of Health. This is one of the premier scientists in the world, focusing on aging, nutrition, biochemistry, uh, has actually identified pathways in our body unknown before that are fundamental to aging, health, and disease. So uh, just a tremendous scientist, and I started reading a few years ago that he was speaking rather complimentary about plant diets uh, and their impact on aging and how low protein and all these things, and learned about a year and a half ago that he had launched a company with the University of Southern California to take all this research for 20 years and make it practical, which is so rare in the academic world right. to see you know, strong science 
translated, and that's what it's called, translational medicine, taking basic science, translating it to something that we can use, whether it's a pill, a surgery, in this case, food. And so I bought a box, because there's a box of food that has five little boxes, uh, like those little Russian dolls that have five little dolls inside. There's day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, and everything you eat for five days in a row is in the box, from teas to soups to nut bars to olives. It's a plant-based, low-protein, low-sugar, medium complex carb and moderately high fat diet, at least compared to how I normally eat, 800 calories a day. And, and um, you know, largely, uh, well, it's all gluten-free and many of the products are organic. The entire box is not labeled organic, but many are. And so I did it myself in February, 2017 and boom, I felt good. I was working. I was only eating 800 calories a day, but I was seeing patients all day long in the office. I had energy, I had clarity. I didn't really start it with brain fog, but I certainly felt energized. Um, I didn't work out those five days. I did a little yoga because it's advised you don't, you know, you don't want to go to the health club and do a spin class and burn 800 calories. That's all you're eating for the day. You'll be hypoglycemic. And um, I lost six or seven pounds, which I, my history, real quick, 40 years, plant-based, healthy, whole food, very little added oil, very little added sugar. I'm not drinking frappuccinos. I mean, have a glass of wine now and then, but uh, I was stuck at 200 pounds, boom, seven pounds come off, did it a second month, boom, more weight, did it a third month, because you do it about five days a month for three months in a row is the way to mimic the um, research study that was published February 2017 in 100 humans. And by three months, I was down to 18 pounds. I had not lost, and I was not sick. I mean, you can lose 18 pounds from cancer or Zika or, you know, uh, influenza. I lost 18 <laughs> pounds. Well, I was working, well, I was thriving, well, and, and so it isn't, and it isn't even predominantly a weight loss program. It's predominantly a play to enhance some primitive responses to uh, promote a concept I know you've talked about, autophagy, repairing, auto-eating, repairing cells that are damaged so they don't have to be discarded and die, so that cells can be renewed in the body releasing stem cells to repair portions of the body, lowering insulin-like growth factor one, so that you have less chance of you know, promoting unneeded tissue growth in your prostate and your breast tissue, breast tissue and such. Um, and, uh, you know, and actually I had parts of my body that used to hurt that stopped hurting, truly. I uh, plantar fasciitis, and uh, I have no way to absolutely know for sure that that was stem cells that were released after uh, a couple cycles, a couple months, but Food is medicine could not be more possibly demonstrated than people that embrace this for two or three months, give up five days, they don't have social commitments and business meetings and dinners, don't drink alcohol those five days, maybe give up caffeine those five days, and eat real food that is perfectly designed to stimulate these primitive but healing responses throughout the body. So I got fired up and I started sharing it with patients and I've had so many patients that just were at a wall. I can't lose that weight. My blood pressure won't come down. My C-reactive protein is stuck. I've been to the dentist. I, you know, I eat whole food. I gave up dairy. You know, a zillion things you go through in functional medicine to try and figure out at the root cause. And this kind of was that thing that let them move much further ahead in their health. And uh, I'm always excited to have another tool. And when it's a food tool, I mean, you know, it's, it's amazing. You, you know, I have I just got my two boxes in the mail uh, 
one week ago today for my wife and I, and I we're looking for those five days. It's my son's birthday on Tuesday, so probably in about 10 days we're going to start our first five days. So we're really excited. Yeah, you know, and you've got to have a strong relationship to do this with this <laughs> because you can get a little hangry, and it is funny. I mean, I just had a couple decide. I saw a 42-year-old gentleman who really needed the program. He instantly got it. He bought the box. He went home. But he had taken two of them, and his wife said, I'm doing it with you. He felt awesome. He emailed me, you know, seven, eight pounds down, energy, clear brain. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. But my wife hated it. And there's about 10% of people that do. Um, you know, certainly if you have a nut allergy, uh, a few people, it's amazing how many people hate olives. You don't know that till you have a diet that has olives as a reasonably key component within it. You know, I just tell people, just suck it up. Uh, you know, it's not the biggest deal if you're not, you know, I don't know the name is allergic to olives, but you know, you can, this too shall pass, you know, five days from now, you'll be uh, on an olive free diet for all the benefits, but it is a little interesting and it can challenge you. Uh, so, um, you know, be sure to get flowers every day while you guys are at Prolon together. Now have, have with the 800 calories and, you know, moderately high fat, do you, do you believe that somewhere along the line you're in a state of ketosis in those five days or no? Yeah, there's no doubt. If you want to get test strips and check your urine, if you really stick to the plan, I mean, there may be a few people. There are some athletes using this. Um, there's some data that it can enhance recovery. Of course, many athletes have injuries and the idea of stimulating stem cells. There is no published data in athletes at this point. So, uh, you know, you can't really say much specifically about the impact in athletes. But some, you know, if you have like no body fat, it's going to be hard to go into ketosis. And there theoretically could be some, you know, uber fit athletes that are just using this as some kind of health enhancement uh, that might not. But for most of us that are carrying, you know, whether it's 8%, 13%, 15%, 18% body fat, you're going to go into ketosis on maybe day four, day five. That's typically when you'll shift from glucose as your main fuel to producing ketone bodies. You, know, you can check test strips in your urine if you really want to, although they're not provided by the company. It's, it's not necessary. But, you know, a lot of people get this super clear brain power, and that's clearly at that point, uh, you know, ketosis has been uh, developed. Now, you talked about some primitive responses that happen when you fast. You've talked about stem cells being activated. Do you mind going a few a few of those things that are happening uh, internally, biologically, physiologically that's really causing all the great benefit? Yeah, so I mean, there there it may be played out best. There are multiple research studies published, animals for sure, some in humans, and many that are ongoing. Dozens of ongoing studies around the world using exactly this program. Something you don't really create in your kitchen and imitate. You just go with Dr. Longo's research. I should say he owns the majority of the company that was launched, but all of his profits, and I'm just speaking for him, I'm not him, but all of the profits that he might be in line to create in this company are going to research and charitable funds. He's not putting the money in his pocket. So when he speaks about it, it's from a completely scientific perspective. So there's research studies going on all over the place. But so, uh, you know, we, 
maybe the most interesting is that in the field of cancer, there are many, many animal models where this fasting mimicking diet has been used. And there's beginning to be human examples and published data that there's a differential response to healthy cells and disease cells. So cancer cells are multiplying, dividing, multiplying, dividing, multiplying, dividing, very high metabolic rate. And um, normal cells, when they're fasted, actually will slow their metabolism and will start to produce some autophagy and internal repair, removing certain um, damaged products from cells and restoring them to a more youthful state. So if you give chemotherapy during a period of the fasting mimicking diet, animal models show cancer cells are multiplying, you give them chemotherapy, they're gonna be uh, subject to being killed as is the purpose of chemotherapy. But actually healthy cells have slowed their metabolism and are working on repair and they actually are somewhat protected from the chemotherapy more than they would be otherwise. So there's this differential response and that's um, you know, one of the most interesting things that's been shown so far in humans and there are human studies using this program during chemotherapy. What can be said in published data is side effects are diminished in people getting intense chemotherapy that are doing fasting maybe a day or so before the chemotherapy and then during the chemotherapy. Um, side effects are diminished, things like nausea, things like uh, you know, loss of appetite, uh, hair loss. So it's very promising whether that will actually influence the actual response and the clinical outcome is going to take ongoing studies and the results of those. So, um, you know, it's part of human nature. You know, we talk about paleo diets. Well, we can talk about exactly when grains got introduced to the human diet. Was it 10,000 years ago? Was it 80,000 years ago? Did Roman gladiators eat barley? Did they not? But what we certainly know is there were times that people did not have access to large amounts of food because there was famine or there was uh, a dry spell, or there was just no access to Brontosaurus and Tyrannosaurus rex and saber-toothed tigers or whatever they would eat, there had to be periods of fasting. And we have uh, internal mechanisms that favor uh, slowing our metabolism and repairing damaged tissues for survival, to enhance survival, that we can activate by actually we overeat. I mean, that's just a common thread throughout Western society, you know, between Everywhere we have food and certain trainers telling us to eat six times a day and on and on and on. We do overeat. We have a clear problem with obesity and overweight. And uh, a lot of it is just excess calories. I mean, it used to be the norm less than 120 years ago. I, a meal and a half a day was the norm uh, in, you know, active people working outside and all the rest. Well, you know, it's three meals a day, maybe six meals a day, as many trainers might advise people. Uh, in clinics. And, um, you know, we frankly need to get back to the idea of that deprivation once in a while returning to um, abundance is uh, is a healthy cycle that humans have always experienced. Yeah, <clears throat> I I couldn't agree more. Uh, uh, you know, if for people in the health industry, one of the one of the docu-series that is being released now is the Human Longevity Project. It's it's been great. I'm pretty good friends with Jason Prahl, and if you if you when that's released fully and you get to watch it, you'll hear all these people from all these different longevity zones talk about how they they at some point in their life they had no food available, or they were rationed 150 grams of bread per day, and these people are 95 years old, 104 years old, you know they're really old and. 
it's just like you said that the people have always and historically gone through times of famine without a doubt and in religiously every religious culture has some sort of fasting thing in it what from catholicism to ramadan it doesn't matter there every culture um has some sort of fasting ritual in it and there's obviously a reason for it yeah absolutely you know um I've gone through the literature on fasting and cardiovascular disease outside of prolon. And, and I'll say there's no, um, there's data on what might be called cardiometabolic, visceral fat loss, hemoglobin A1C, blood sugar control, HSCRP inflammation. We don't yet have data on the fasting minimum diet and endothelial arterial function or what happens to plaque. What would happen? happened to a cardiac patient with a 50% blockage who adopted every month for 12 months of fasting mimicking diet. That study may be done. There's discussion, but it hasn't been done. So we, you can't over talk and oversell. Uh, there's already enough benefit, but you know, the best example in the world of fasting is the Latter-day Saints in the Mormon church. There is some data that uh, if you're going to the cath lab and you're a Mormon that participates in the ritual fasting that the church teaches, or you're Mormon going to the heart catheterization lab and you say, I choose not to fast over the last years, there's actually less coronary disease in Mormons that participate in fasting. That's certainly association, doesn't prove causation. Uh, and that's about as good as the data gets there. There's, I'll just tell you one other interesting conversation. Uh, you know, when you talk about the legacy of Nathan Pritikin, the Pritikin diet, Dr. Dean Ornish, the Ornish yeah, reversal, yeah, sure. you go back, they all were aware that during World War II, and particularly in Norway, there was clear data that uh, food consumption went down, particularly animal consumption went down because the Nazis occupied Norway and took all the animals back to Germany to feed the troops and the public. And during that period of calorie deprivation and animal uh, protein deprivation, you know, mortality actually enhanced, mortality, you know, mortality dropped, I mean, survival enhanced, and cardiovascular mortality dropped. And it's like so countercultural. It's World War II, you're occupied by Germans, yet lifespan and cardiovascular events are improving. Um, and, you know, it sets the case that, again, what you just said, that we overeat, we have excess calories, we never give our body a period of deprivation. And what's built into this fasting mimicking diet is a very scientific, uh, you know, carefully researched opportunity to give our body a break five days a month and kind of regain that normal cycle. Yeah, I, I just hope that our audience appreciates as much as I do how hard you and everybody's trying to make this as scientifically sound and studied uh, as you guys are, because that's really important. Yeah, you know, there's so many, uh, well, number one, just in the world of fasting, I mean, there's so many different approaches, the, the fast diet, the 5-2 diet, you know, 12 hours, 13 hours, 14 hours of time-restricted fasting, you know, a day a week of water fasting like the Bragg apple cider vinegar people teach, which is a great program, or three days or five days or seven days. But when you really talk right now about cutting edge, this, what we've been talking about, this University of Southern California, Dr. Alonga program has by far, I mean, in animals, parts of your brain grow when you do this. In animals that have a model of multiple sclerosis, regrowth of some of the nerve tissue, the myelin nerve tissue, an improvement in multiple sclerosis with some human data 
that uh, symptoms of multiple sclerosis improve while using this specific fasting mimicking diet. Um, you know, that's exciting stuff, let alone, as I say, worldwide research that's ongoing and we can't oversell it. We have to wait for the results about the potential in cancer, potential in early Alzheimer's, potential in type 2 diabetes. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of data right now. Anybody, and again, I'm not trying to be too commercial, but all the research is on the site, prolonfmd.com, all the published papers. You can go to you know, pubmed.com and put in Vault or Longo. You'll see all the published research. It's in premier journals uh, and you know, highly regarded as you know, pretty untouchable science. Yeah, I, you know, one of the other, and I agree with you 100%. I'm, ha I'm very happy about this and excited about this. One of the other things that I, I started reading a little bit more about only about a year ago, uh, and it was in uh, Dr. Mercola's n newer book, and then he's he worked with some of the other people and some of the ketogenic work with cancer about restricting your your protein intake, you know, to somewhere around you know 0.33 to 0.36 uh, grams per you know per pound or per weight. And that, and that really interested me as well. And, and it seems to me like that's the way essentially you've been eating for the last, you know, 40 years or so. But uh, can you talk to the audience a little bit about um, lessening the amount of protein intake and, and, and how that affects mTOR and possibly research studying of, of how the, that, that pathway actually drives some of these cancers we're seeing today? Yeah, so you know there there is this shift going on, and I think we're still in the midst of it. But for example, classic human study I published, I think it was October one, two thousand sixteen. Many prominent scientists, including Dr. Longo, one of the authors, uh, on the effect of protein intake and survival, and there was a real interesting flip that until about age seventy lower protein diets in a fairly large uh, set of about 6,000 people, I think it was, um, favored health and longevity. And after age 70, it sort of flipped and suggested that people in their 70s and 80s should strive a little bit more than younger people to ensure that the protein in their diet is increased. Uh, one of the strongest measures of survival in your 70s is avoiding loss of muscle mass sarcopenia, sarcopenia meaning reduced muscle strength, because you're just very prone to illness and falls and uh, pneumonias and other things that do uh, take the lives of uh, the elderly. So that very common statistic, if you get into the scientific world, of 0 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So you're a 100 kilogram person, 220 pounds, you should have 80 grams of protein. You know, you got to eat four of those supercharged protein bars, or you got to have three smoothies a day, or eat 12 chicken breasts, whatever the heck the calculation is, uh, is being rethought until you get into your older years. And Dr. Longo talks about exactly what you said, not 0 0.8 grams per uh, kilogram body weight, but around 0 0.33, 34, 35, way less, 35. And in fact, where Almost all vegans run when the question comes, where do you get your protein? Because we joke about it, we laugh about it, there's a thousand memes about it. It may indeed be the very advantage of a fully plant-based diet is it's naturally lower in protein. It's not zero protein. There's lots of greens, there's lots of beans, there's lots of nuts. There's even a little bit in fruit and potatoes. 
but maybe it's something to celebrate. Hey, why do you have so much excess protein in your non-plant-based diet? Don't you know to at least age 65 or 70 that may be adverse? Because, and you said, that's uh, the pathway of activating um, and resulting in M uh, IGF-1 increases, insulin-like growth factor 1, leading to increases in mTOR, which tend to promote cellular damage, cellular aging, or potentially cancer growth. They're activated by certain proteins, particularly animal-based proteins that are rich in the amino acid leucine and the amino acid methionine. Leucine and methionine exist in plant foods, but not as much as they exist in animal foods. So, you know, putting that all together, it may be great to have a green smoothie or oatmeal or a fruit for breakfast and a giant salad with beans and nuts for lunch. And maybe no animal products for dinner, maybe a little animal product. I don't do any. Um, and keep that protein low as a naturally plant-based diet will be until, you know, you hit 70, 75. I'm not going to add back salmon and eggs when I'm 75, but I might make more protein powder smoothies. I'm a long way from 70, 75, but protein powder smoothies and beans and all the rest. But I'm going to hold off to that age and uh, favor the natural advantage of these plant-based diets. I just found that to be very, very interesting and something that I'm trying to institute as well. <clears throat> uh, last thing, you know, we've we've danced around the, the longevity diet. What are the five basic pillars in the longevity diet? Well, four are very simple to understand. So that basic concept is, I mean, a fad or an idea comes up. Let's put butter in our coffee. Okay, so let's evaluate the science. And that's called bulletproof coffee. And actually, the, found, the founder of that idea, Dave Asprey, is actually a friend of mine. And uh, I think he's a brilliant man. But let's, uh, let's, what Dr. Longo would say, is let's look at that from five bases. Number one, is there any biochemistry that suggests putting butter in your coffee is gonna enhance your health compared to just water or coffee. And you know, you'd know you have to ask what do foods high in saturated fats do to mTOR or PKA or AMP kinase, or these you know, cellular signaling pathways that promote health or disease. And certainly we're not gonna find any biochemistry that said adding more animal saturated fat is likely to favor uh, these pathways. Uh, you know, and there's some protein content, of course, within butter. So number two would be, are there any um, association studies, epidemiologic studies? Well, the studies about butter are not favorable. They're neutral or not favorable. So that's not going to be good. Third column might be, are there actually any randomized studies? Well, I'm aware of a randomized study six weeks ago that looked at adding um, coconut oil, butter, and I'm blanking for a minute what the third column was. But anyways, cholesterol only went up with the addition of butter to the diet in a randomized study that seemed to be without authors or then incompetent. So there's randomized studies. They're going to fail. Fourth, you get to centenarian studies. Do people over the age of 100 in Okinawa or Sardinia or the Nicoya Peninsula, Costa Rica, or Loma Linda, or um, Icaros, Greece, do they add butter to their food and their coffee to enhance their saturated fat intake. They don't. So we're going to fail on that one. And the fifth one is this thing he calls a complex system analysis. Just looking at the whole big picture of how butter's made and how cows are milked and how machines work. And I don't really completely get that last part. 
But the bottom line is it's not easy to raise animals and make butter and the impact on the environment and the impact on, you know, um, uh, antibiotics and the pesticides. So when you put all that together, you conclude, according to Dr. Longo, that that's I'm not even sure he talks a lot about one pillar ideas that like animal based ketogenic diets are kind of one pillar ideas. There's some uh, epidemiology, not even epidemiology, there's some clinical studies, but like nothing else, because nobody in Okinawa uh, does plant, does animal-based ketogenic diets, like it's kind of the rage now. So that's that idea. It's a novel idea to be very, very analytical about dietary trends. Uh, you know, uh, don't eat foods that your grandparents didn't eat. And I can guarantee you none of us had grandparents who were adding, you know, a couple tablespoons of butter to their coffee. You know, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that butter wasn't one of my five top favorite foods. Not to say that I use, not to say that I use it a lot, but I absolutely do love it. But it is clear that if you're struggling with weight, whether it's card, uh, keto, pale, it doesn't even matter what the diet. If you eliminate dairy, a lot of times all those things kind of just disappear almost immediately. It's pretty clear. Hey, you know, and honestly, I was just trying to come up with some example on the fly, but it's it's a relevant example to the kind of discussion. Why is the public confused? Why is the medical community confused? God knows the media is confused because it's easy to take a new dietary trend and analyze it from a single study or a single case report, or a single blog. Uh, but when you really step back and say, this is important stuff to people. I mean, as a cardiologist, I do really want people's arteries to either stay clean or become clean and avoid heart attacks and sense and bypass and strokes and disability and early death. I mean, so the ultimate right answer matters. And um, you do need to be a bit, you know, broad in your analysis, how does this fit in into our entire understanding of nutrition? And uh, we'll never be perfect at it, but we got to try and be as best as we can because it does really matter to people's lives and health. I agree. So I got a, just the last few questions for you. One is kind of a fun question that I ask all my guests. Uh, a day in the life of Dr. Khan, you know, from waking to sleeping, what oh, is kind of oh. like your rhythm or routine? It could be a work day, it could be a weekend. You know, what's your what's your rhythm? Oh, yeah, I don't have work days or weekends. They're all the same. Uh, and that may be good or bad, but I'm pretty passionate about where I am in life and do a lot of stuff. So honestly, I've made sleep a priority. I believe strongly in kind of the words of Ariana Huffington that, you know, um, Sleep is a status symbol nowadays. You know, you can drive a Bentley or sleep seven and a half hours a night, pick seven and a half hours of sleep. And I don't have a Bentley and I do sleep. Um, so I probably get up around six naturally. I don't touch my phone till I say a couple seconds of gratitude and blessing and kind of uh, just, uh, hey, you know, it's good to be back alive. Don't take that for granted. I do about 25 minutes of exercise. It's some yoga. It's a yoga flow called the five Tibetans every morning, which emphasizes core and back health because yeah. it feels it feels amazing to have very healthy. familiar, very familiar. Wow. So few people are even the yogini. So good for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little cardio, little weights. I vary it around. I typically skip breakfast. I'm dressed. I'm at work. I have a very active, vibrant, preventive cardiology, integrative cardiology practice in Detroit. Um, I see amazing people from all over the world. 
And that stops at five o'clock because I own two restaurants with my family, plant-based gourmet restaurants in Detroit, Green Space Cafe, and a new one called Green Space and Go. And by about 5.30, I'm there greeting people, checking with my son, my wife, my general manager, probably about 50 employees. Um, and we're changing Detroit. We're serving hundreds, actually thousands of people a week, hundreds of people a night gourmet foods. One of them has a uh, bar, one doesn't have a bar. And really about now, uh, in the evening, I'm back home. I've got to tidy up emails. I've got to tidy up some patient calls. I've got to, uh, you know, kind of get the day ready for tomorrow. Uh, I write blogs. So it's a full life, but by 1030, I'm back in bed, maybe 10 p.m. I've got three dogs that need my attention. i got an incredible wife who Works very hard, needs my attention. You know, uh, I care about three kids I have, but it's pretty nonstop because I'm pretty focused on, you know, a lot of projects going on right now, and that's good. I, you know, I don't think uh, boredom and lack of purpose might contribute to early death. I'm not sure passion and uh, hard work uh, does anything other than fire you up. So I'm a pretty fired up guy. Amen, Dr. Khan. Last two questions. How does our audience find about more about you? And then how about Prolon? Yeah, so my picture's in the post office of most cities in the United States. <laughs> Who walks in a post office anymore? And I still have an AOL email, so I'm the kind of guy that walks into a post office. Uh, so the website that has every link is drjoelkhan.com, but that's D-R-J-O-E-L-K-A-H-N. Dot com k-a-h-n.com written five books i write many blogs i got a lot of fun stuff on my website and prolon is available i mean the website to learn more it's not my website it's a corporate website it's you know fda reviewed it's got research articles and videos is prolon p-r-o-l-o-n f-m-d.com uh, f-m-d is fasting mimicking diet so it's a little long of a word or just google it uh, Dr. Longo has been on a interview streak recently. There's so many podcasts, YouTubes. He's an amazing human being. He's very humble. I mean, I really have great respect for him. And uh, he really, you know, it's kind of like Nathan Pritikin once said, I don't really have much I'm trying to accomplish, just the ending of heart disease, diabetes, and high blood pressure. That's all. And, uh, you know, Dr. Longo hasn't exactly said it this way. But uh, he really is focused as a PhD on achieving fairly amazing clinical benefits and health outcomes for people. And that's like a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, well, well said. The links to, uh, to your website and to Prolon will definitely be in the show notes for all, everybody who's listening. Uh, thank you very much. My name is Dr. Noah DeCoyer, your co-host, and you are listening to the Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. If you'd like what you've heard today, please share it with your friends and family and encourage them to subscribe on iTunes. You can sign up for our incredible weekly email at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com. Thank you, and as my oldest son Hayden says, be awesome and never unawesome. Hello, it's Dr. No, and I'm back. I suspect you loved listening to this week's podcast release. Our book of the month is simply incredible, and in our estimation, a book everyone needs to read. Cancer and the New Biology of Water by author Dr. Thomas Cowan should be on your super short list. 
Dr. Cowan has been on our podcast twice, once to talk about Dr. Cowan's garden, his nutrient-dense, nutrient-diverse vegetable powders, and most recently on November 11, 2019, to discuss his newest book. The link to purchase the book will be in our weekly newsletter and on our social media posted and sent throughout the entire month. Our product of the month is the Juve Red Light Therapy Device. Photobiomodulation has been shown to assist with pain and inflammation release, fitness, training, and muscle recovery, and hormone regulation to highlight a few of its near countless benefits. As I mentioned, I own a Juve Mini and Juve Go and use them every day. My skin has never looked better, and I certainly recover faster from my workouts. On October 8th, 2018, I interviewed the co-owner, Scott Nelson. I highly encourage you to listen and learn more about all the benefits of red light therapy using the juice. The supplement of the month for February 2020 is vitamin D3 boost. It is pretty mainstream now how important vitamin D3 is to your overall health and wellness. What is not mainstream is the nutritional facts that vitamin D3 needs a few other cofactors, vitamins, and minerals to enhance its effectiveness. Recognizing this, we set out to formulate the gold standard for vitamin D3 supplement. Vitamin D3 Boost has the most active form of vitamin D, as well as vitamin K2, magnesium, and a little bit of MCT oil to enhance the absorption of these fat-soluble vitamins. This is truly a world-class vitamin D3 formulation. You can check out the spec sheet and research articles on our website. The 10% discount code for the month of February, and remember, it's K-sensitive, it's V-I-T-D-10. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening, and be awesome and never unawesome.